Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Joined now by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. Kevin, have you got this team figured out as they're <laughs> about to head down the stretch? Have you got this team all figured out now? I, I do not. You know, Eric Mosman made it easy on us in February the last two years. They just went out and, and figured out a way to win games. You know, they only lost once in February, back-to-back seasons combined. So a little bit different dynamic coming off these back-to-back losses, especially after Arkansas looked like it was – playing better they had the five game league winning streak three of those teams were at the bottom of the sec but that road game at kentucky to cap off that run that was the best game of the season i thought you know for both halves at both ends and then two losses in a row where arkansas there was just a lot of a lot more question marks that they looked like they reverted back to some of the struggles that fed into that one and five start so you ask me what i've got figured out i'm at the point now where I fully. This is as about as enigmatic a, a situation at Arkansas or Mussman as we had this time of year. And Arkansas's on the bubble. They're close to it, according to Lenardi today. Two spots from being on the double as a ten seed. Uh, so they're two spots away on that ten line of being a, a you know one of the last four buys, which is you know the definition of being on the on the bubble. So Arkansas's got five games left. Two back-to-back home games. You know, starting tomorrow with Florida. Uh, early game, 1 o'clock, and, you know, the Gators just lost their best player in this last game, broken hand, Colin Castleton, who's had big games against the Hawks. So, and you know, you hate for someone to, you know, a player to get injured and not be, you know, available, but with Arkansas having back-to-back losses, any advantage to get back in the, on the, in the win column and playing at home, you know, maybe Arkansas gets back on track tomorrow and, and um, you know, this would be a quad two win if Arkansas can get it. Well, I think you got it figured out. They are on the bubble. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> We've got this figured out. They're going to win the three home games. They're going to lose the two road games. They'll be a number 10 seed. You hope that nothing that happens at the SEC tournament will change that unless they win them all, and then that might. But, you know, Kevin, sometimes no matter what your expectations are, you just have to say this is what it is, this is what it's going to be, and if, if they're a number 10 seed and win a game in the NCAA, wonderful. And that that's just the way this te- this season has turned out, don't you think? I mean, sometimes you just have to bite your lip and say, it's okay. Hey, Musselman's done a great job in his time here, and he hopefully will have some more great seasons. It's okay to have a year that didn't meet expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, fan bases, it's, it's hard to, you know, manage – expectations even yeah. though the logic is there as to why it happened that way i mean you lose a trevor in brazil before you ever got the conference play we saw how this situation with nick smith has played out he's missed you know i mean he's at, he's coming back at a point where teams are starting to hit their stride in the downstretch of the season and they're now trying to get back to the drawing board and figure out how to plug him in so you're right just so many things have happened that are that that you know Put you in a situation where expectations should be realigned based on the reality of the situation, and unfortunately, a lot of times your fan base, there's a good portion of it that's just looking at the bottom line. Uh, but I think you're right. I think given everything, it would be okay if Arkansas can make it to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, 
obviously you, you you have a chance. We see lower, we see ten seeds and worse than that get to the Sweet Sixteen. There's no reason to think Arkansas can't. You know, even if the seeding isn't what preferred, and, you, and that means your regular season what wasn't what you thought it would be. If you get to the tournament, you still have a chance to do something there. And you know, back to back Elite Eights, national fi- final, top ten rankings. It, it, you know, that's you know that may not be on the menu this year, like you said, Rick. Uh, but at the same time, let's see what happens with Nick back. Let's see if Musselman realigns his thinking one more time down the stretch here and tries to get him more involved in the rotation. I, you know, I, I really think Arkansas's limitations, despite that five-game winning streak, are what they are. You know, when you play big all the time, you don't have shooters, and if and if you're not trying to plug in your best offensive player, um, then you might be just settling for the the same script. I'm not laying that at Alan Musman. I understand why he only played Nick Smith Jr. four minutes the other night. Um, you know, because A&M was a big rebounding team, and you wanted to be competitive on the glass and around the basket. Uh, but it, but at, at this point now, I think you've got to get if you can maybe just change your course a little bit. I know Musman likes to stick to what where he's you know where his rotations are this time of year. He doesn't like to change on it at this point. Those are typically in the past have, that's been accomplished in mid-January. But we, we're maybe looking at a mid-February. Let's let's go back to the drawing board just a little bit here uh, to give ourselves a better chance. And I, just from my vantage point, I'm not Eric Mosman. He'll make that call. But from my vantage point, it's called for. Has anybody filed a missing persons uh, <laughs> case for Barry Dunning Jr.? <laughs> should should that be filed? Well, I think so. Hey, when's the last time we saw him? Do we know he exists anymore? The guy yeah, was a four-star you. player. You know what? He's the, no, he's the player, a, of the year, listen, player of the year in Alabama. Why, why, I don't know. Why didn't we see him for a minute, uh, two minutes? The guy's the player right. of the year in Alabama. I don't even remember the last time we've seen him. Have we? No, he checked in. He he came in for a, de- uh, a defensive possession or two a few games a back. I'm trying to remember what game that was. Arkansas had foul trouble. Wow. But, That'll uh, keep him happy, won't it? He'll he'll probably be at Arkansas no, next year. No, 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 no. But you yeah. asked me a question. I'm trying to give you a, a literal <laughs> answer. But then there's also the point being made that he's not been a part of Arkansas's plans this year. There's no doubt about it. And that's how Mosman the... does things. He, he's not He's not expanding to get everybody off the bench. You know, he just doesn't do that. Um, you know, and we've seen Jalen Graham get spot minutes here and there, play a little bit more when he's, you know, when he's at least giving them some injection on offense. He hasn't been a very good defender. He hasn't been consistent on the on the glass. He tends to turn the ball over, but they all turn it over, right? So I mean, you could yeah, you, you could bench everybody for that. On why the rotation is what it is, and we can point to a lot of guys even that are playing thirty nine, forty minutes and count their turnovers up. And Arkansas. It's been a major problem for this team. Well, you know, I, I, hey, look, I said yesterday, and I do believe this, Eric Musselman has been a godsend to Arkansas. Program was down, terrible, not terrible, but mediocre for years. Mm-hmm. He came in, two Elite Eights, but he's not perfect either. And, you know, you wonder how long he's going to attract four-star players to Arkansas when they never play. They, yeah. Maybe maybe there's a time, maybe that never happens, but – you had one that left last year that's, you know, shooting pretty good from three-point range for Missouri State. And I don't know where Barry Dunning's going to play next year, but I sure wouldn't expect it to be at Arkansas. And so how how many yeah. times can you keep doing that 
and guys leave, and you keep bringing in good players. Am I am yeah. I off base on that? Well, you're you're not. I think that I, I mean, it's not like I, it's not like that's not part of Musselman's calculations. Not that he's predetermined on exactly when he when he signs somebody that they won't be here in a year, but he understands he's going to turn his roster over by at least half. Heck, last year, what eleven out of thirteen. Yeah. I, I haven't used my calculator on that, but that's over eighty percent of his roster. So that's you know, he's not afraid to do that. He understands there's going to be you know a lot, a lot of attrition and guys that he just recruited because he he's recycling it every year. So he if he's if he's changing up that much of the roster, that means when he does it again, there's a lot of guys that came in for a cup of coffee and maybe didn't get that much. Maybe they didn't get on the court much at all. And that's Barry Dunning. You know, that's Darian Ford right now. You know, Joseph Pinion's a guy that's played some, but he's not factored in. Uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about, like you said, these, all three of those names we just went through, I just mentioned, top 100 recruits, four-star guys. So it's a valid point. Um, and we don't know if Musselman changes his philosophy, but so far he's done it the same way year in and year out. This is not a different season. I think what made this different is, He's put so much of an emphasis on the transfer portal and kind of a balance between that and the recruiting classes. And this year, his his top players, his five stars, you've had one that has barely played. Uh, you have another one that has probably, you know, when we're talking about Jordan Walls, when you think of a five-star in production, he probably doesn't have five-star production, although I think he's gotten better and been helpful to this team. And then you have Anthony Black, who's probably been in line with what you might have thought he would do coming in as, as production-wise and value-wise and being a guy projected for the lottery and, and a five-star. So, you know, you, you coming into the season, you thought you'd get more out of those guys. And then I thought Trevin Brazil, guys, as good as the portal players can be, most of those guys you wouldn't consider as five-stars necessarily. He was terrific. He was terrific. But he because was most of them are – if they were going to the NBA or projected uh, yeah. five-star caliber right. – They'd already be gone, but he was one that actually was. He'd only played a freshman season, yeah. and he was right. He he was fantastic. And so this has been just one of those things. We can go back to what you originally said. There are valid reasons why expectations should be tamp- tempered down, and you know it, it might be just okay for this team to make the NCAA tournament uh, and see what happens once they do, even as if it's a 10 seed. Yeah, very, very true. Well, you hope that you know. I hope a guy like Pinion comes back because he's from Arkansas. But you never know. We don't know about Ford. We we just don't know about those guys. You hope they will. Uh, obviously, and of course, we're already talking, I'm already talking about next year when you, I hope they'll get to the NCAA and and win a game or two. But and the Mitchell twins have another year of eligibility. I don't know if they're NBA prospects, but it'd sure be good to have them back. And Jordan Walsh, I think, you know, he's not protected to be predicted to be drafted. You get him back. All of a sudden, if Brazil comes back, then you got the makings that maybe you don't have to rely on as many newcomers next year. Agreed. <laughs> Hang on, it. Kevin. we got to take a break. Right. That is Kevin Poop Scoop McPherson. Thanks again to Hogville.net, courtesy, courtesy of Hogville.net. Let's check back in, not only with Kevin McPherson, better known as Poop Scoop, Courtesy of Hogville.net, but let's talk with Jim. Jim, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Yes, sir. Hey, uh, I just want to chime in real quick. Like, there's no other coach I want at the University of Arkansas. Uh, you know, if, if every if for two years in a row, 
uh, we're going deep into the tournament, and then we have a slow year. I'll take that instead of having a slow year every year. Like, I'll just deal with it. Uh, with that being said, I understand the first two years maybe why he didn't go deep uh, into the bench. But this has to be one of the deepest bench I think Arkansas has probably had a long time as far as ranked. Um, sometimes it takes some kids a little bit longer to get comfortable with what's going on, and if you never give them any playing time, then they're never going to get comfortable. And I just, I just, maybe there's too much um, pressure on them. Maybe they don't thrive under pressure. I'm not sure. Uh, but there's some kids over there that I feel can make some difference from sitting on that bench, and I don't understand why he don't pull that trigger. And some days uh, it's great days to be a coach, and some days it's not. <laughs> That's right. Until he gets that figured out. <laughs> Until he gets that figured out and they score. Because this is my deal. Man, if you have a guy like Graham come in and drop 10, 12 points, they're not probably going to give up 10, 12 points on the other end, so you're, so you're plus something over there. That's right. Uh, you're, you're plus in the, in, the, in, in the point. And, you know, Pinion, when you got Pinion in, we got to run some plays from him. He sits over in that corner. You know, we got to drive and dish. I, I don't know what we got to do. But that's what coaching is for. You got to draw them plays up. You got to figure that out as a coach. Um, so is this year where we're at right now a little frustrating? Yeah, it is. Did we lose two of our best players? Uh, yeah, we did. And I've heard that every time Musk gets on an interview after a game when we lose. It's hard replacing two of, the, two of those players, and it is. But we got a lot of good players that's on that bench, and I'm asking Musk because I love him, and I'm glad he's a Razorback. But dig a little deeper and give him a little bit more of a chance, uh, a little bit more of a string, and that's all I got, guys. Go Hogs. Thanks for calling. Thank you, Jim. I think everybody would just yeah, like I mean, to you know, he, see a few more guys. Yeah, Musman is who he is. He he yeah. he's he's got a philosophy of keeping a tight rotation, and so even though there's talent, and we know what some of that talent can do, because we've seen it enough when there's been some opportunities, he he's just not comfortable, you know, giving spreading out the minutes to eight or nine guys. In fact, some games he's it, it's five guys playing the vast majority of the minutes, maybe six. You know, seven or eight guys might have checked in the game when you look at the box score, but if you start looking at the minutes, there's really five or six guys getting the heavy part. And so one way to coach is to get more out of your bench when you have talent, and one way to do it is the way Mossman does it. And his success is, you know, know, going back to Nevada and and now at Arkansas where he he was able to do even more with it because he's gotten better players. Um, But, you know, it's just hard to knock what he's doing other than we can sit here and see when they're struggling, what might help. Um, but, but if he changes his coaching philosophy, they, they, there may not be greater success just because he's getting more guys in there if it's out of his comfort level of how he gets things done. So, you know, there are other coaches that play their bench and play more players and keep, you know, they, they don't have individual players playing even 30 minutes because they want to keep them fresh. And, and so there's other ways to do it, but it's just not how Musman does it. So even though I agree with the with some of these individual players and what they can bring to the table, I don't know that that actually makes Arkansas better the way Musman, you know, doles out his rotations because I don't know that there's a comfort level for him with that. And so I don't know that it would work. He told me once upon a time that he, he used to play more players when he was in the NBA and he made some mistakes trying to get guys minutes and not maximizing what the, what was best for the team, and he he changed his philosophy at that point, and it's been the same way since, and that's all the way back in the 2000s before we even got in the previous decade, 
uh, when when some of that stuff was some when he tweaked things and how he coaches. So he's been doing it this way even before he got to college, according to him. So and he's been exceptional. The only, the only thing I the only reason we even bring this up is because you can also wear your team out doing that, and he's never done that at Arkansas because his his the guys that play the most average 33 minutes a game. Now he's got three guys averaging 37 minutes or more, and frankly, they looked very tired at the end of the Texas A&M game. So that that's yeah. the only thing is is give them some rest, and maybe in the last five minutes they will be more fresh. That, that's why I think Nick Smith Jr. needs to be worked into this. You know, four minutes the other night. I understand why Mussman took him out. Arkansas went big again. Got went with guys that had been in the flow and had been playing together, and they built that twelve point lead. But the game changed in the second half. A and M was more having more success with its offense, and now you needed more offense on. And Arkansas's offense wasn't doing as well as it did in the first half. And we've seen the same thing. And part of that is Rick. I do believe part of that is guys getting tired, and. Even though the minutes, even though the rotations are still tight, uh, you're seeing, like you said, two or three of those backcourt players playing 38, 39, 40 minutes, the three top minute getters in the SEC. And you're right, in the two previous years, it wasn't quite that intense for that many of your top players. And so I do think when you're looking at Arkansas teams in the last two years that executed in close games in the last three or four minutes to find ways to win, and that's what the difference was that it wasn't like Arkansas was blowing teams out. They were in a lot of close games and had to overcome deficits. And now this team seems to be worse in the last three or four minutes in these kind of games. And I think fatigue is a big part of it. I would agree with that. I, I don't know that Musman gets better by expanding his rotations, but within those five, six, or seven guys, uh, you know, six and seven anyway, finding more minutes there. Now that you've got Nick Smith Jr. back, I just think that's the key now is, is to – I mean, I don't know how quickly you can get him acclimated where things are running smoothly, but I don't think you can shelf him and give him spot minutes here and there and expect what what worked for a five-game winning streak when three of those teams were the worst teams in the SEC. Arkansas doesn't have that left on its schedule other than maybe you could argue Georgia. But Georgia's much better than LSU, South Carolina, and yeah. Ole Miss were. Yeah. And you've uh-huh. also got Alabama, Tennessee on the road. You've got Kentucky. Uh, even though Arkansas blew Kentucky out on the road, I'm, I don't think that's a given. You've got Florida that's shorthanded now. It's best player out, which changes things for that team. But that team's capable of beating it in Fayetteville otherwise. But I think you're in the part of the season now, it's tougher. And then it's only going to get tougher once you get to postseason. All right, let's talk with James. He's been holding for a few minutes. James, good afternoon. No, he hadn't. Never mind. <laughs> we thought he was. How about Devin? Devin, good afternoon. Uh, Welcome to Drive Time Sports. I appreciate y'all taking my call. Uh, lifelong listener, first time caller. Um, Thank you. I just got to say, um, I mean, I know I'm like every other Razorback fan out there. I'm just waiting for this switch that happens every year to just eventually, you know, just click in where we just start clicking and I understand this is just a completely new group of players and it's a completely different situation every year but it's just it where I guess I just want to ask where would this rank is one of the more disappointing seasons if it I'm not I'm not giving up hope yet but if it kind of keeps trending the way it is with Musk refusing to go to deeper in the bench where would this rank is like one of the more disappointing seasons 
in recent memory in any sport. And I'll uh, I'll hang up and listen. Wow. Thank you, Devin. Uh, just real quick, yeah. if you go back to the pre-Muscleman era, there were a lot of disappointing seasons, so yeah. I don't think it ranks very high. I think it's still got a chance to be a decent season, too. Hey, how about the year Pelfrey's team beat Oklahoma and Texas back-to-back yeah. back and then hardly won after 14. that? Yeah. And then got a new contract on extension on top of that. All right, Kevin, have a great weekend. We'll talk with Thank you Kevin. next week. Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogsville.net.